to Team Hope's Teen Activist Podcast, where Team Hope teen activists tackle tough topics, such as anxiety, depression, LGBTQ, refugees, and many environmental issues. They tackle it head-on, and they try to give you some solutions to make the world a better place. So today, we're going to be talking to many of those teen activists, and we'll be asking them um, not only what their topic is about and what kinds of solutions they have to offer to the world, but also if they've, if they've produced a product, what the pricing is, and what philanthropic organization they'll donate their proceeds to. And the last thing they'll answer is, what kind of writing, research, reflection did they, do they have to offer to us? So the first person, first teen activist that we have today is Naomi. Naomi, hello. Hi. Hi. All right. So what, tell us a little bit about your topic. My topic is ocean pollution, mm-hmm. um, mainly plastic, yeah. but all types of ocean pollution, like um, oil pollution and acidification and noise pollution, That's which are some unknown, more unknown, but still... Um, serious. Okay. And so um, I know that you created uh, research and uh, you delivered that in a multimedia book, but I also know that you went above and beyond and you did something very different. Tell us about that. My writing has mainly been in the form of poetry. Mm -hmm. I put all my poetry together in a book and that is also my product, Mm -hmm. is I'm going to be selling about three um, full books and then I'm going to have little... Um, little books that can fit in your pocket that you can carry around with about five poems in them. Wow. Um, so you're self-published? Um, sort of. It's yeah. not going to be published, but it is going to be printed. It will be printed, and it will be something that someone will buy and then with your name on it. Yes. So that's kind of a cool, cool yeah. thing. Um, what was that process like for you, the creative um, process? The process was um, fun to write the poetry. Mm-hmm. At times trying when I didn't like the poetry and I felt very disappointed and discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds just like a poet. <laughs> and, but at other times it was really, really fun to get to um, go through that experience. And if you could say what was the most powerful lesson you learned um, during this whole unit of teen activism, what would you say? There's not really a lesson, but one really important thing that I've learned is that plastic pollution and ocean pollution is a lot more serious than we have originally thought, than people, than most people think. Um, the plastic is taking over the oceans. Mm-hmm. People, does that make you feel overwhelmed? It does make me feel overwhelmed. And at times, sometimes I feel like, why do we even try? But we try because other people will live through... Eventually, if we don't try, other people in future generations will have to live through a plastic ocean and we don't want that. Yeah. So we have to try. Even mm-hmm. though it is overwhelming. And so many people are trying but and it might seem like it doesn't make a difference. It does. That's that's very well said. Is there anything else you want to add at all? Um, my improvement came mostly natural just because yeah. a poet goes back and revises their work over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, and just had to um, go through a lot of changes in my writing and try different styles of poetry and that was really fun. Nice. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And we are ready to talk to another teen activist. It was really nice to talk to you, Naomi. Thank you. I'm here now with two other teen activists, uh, Aya and Maya. And uh, these two girls have started their own philanthropic organization titled changeforchange.org. 
So I'll let you tell them, I'll let them tell you a little bit more about the organization and um, what they've learned through this research project. So let's start with Aya. Um, so our topic is about ELL families and the students and um, we've learned a lot about their struggles and things that they go through and we're trying to make a change by raising money to help them and provide more for them. So um, tell us a little bit about um, your writing in terms of uh, how you feel like you've improved in terms of research and organization and all that. So I've learned a lot more about the things that like they don't have and they kind of would like and so our writing is more about how they don't have things and try to like help them and Okay, and Maya, what do you what do you want to add about change for change? And um, so uh, we really didn't have an idea what we were gonna do with our product, but as like we researched more, we realized that they some families did need money and some families were didn't get the advantages we have in life, and so we basically decided to start kind of like a business on or I mean like a foundation on collecting money for these families and. We've raised a lot more than we've expected. And so tell us how you raised the money. So we'd go around our school and we'd give out these jars that were called Change for Change jars. And um, we'd, we'd give um, whoever we gave the jar to three days to try to fill it up with as much change as they could. And bring it. we'd come back down and collect the jars. Mm -hmm. And so far, what do you, what's the total of, uh, about? So far, that you three hundred fifty. Wow! And what do you what do you plan on doing with that money? Um, we're planning on donating it to like summer camps in Westboro for families in need and West, uh, for families in need because they some families can't even afford like activities and a lot of kids do want to do it do want to get more like involved with the community and we think it would be a helpful. So person. do you have someone helping you to help you figure out? What organization? Have you done that? Yeah, so the Miss No, it's Miss um, Miss Henrique's helped us a little with figuring out how we want to like who we want to send our products to and also Miss mm -hmm. M in the office also helped Mrs. us. Yeah, excellent. Mungin. Excellent. So it's it's so it takes I guess a little clicheish, but it takes a village to help a lot of people. So how do you feel about how powerful do you feel that you're changing the world? Do you feel like you're changing the world? Yeah, because you I think that it'll like support at least two to three kids, and like it's just like it's better than none. And I'm sure like a lot of kids want to do still... something over the summer and not have to stay home, and to provide it for them makes you feel really good. No, that's powerful. Like you're how old? And you're 12. And that's 12 years old and you're already changing someone's life, which is kind of a cool teen activist thing to think about. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, uh, I think we weren't expecting as much attention, as much profit as we have got. And honestly, this has been like a journey that we weren't expecting. Yeah. And I think we could continue it if we wanted to. Yes, you could. No one's going to ever stop you. It's your organization. I love, I love the name. I really love the name. Yeah, thanks to me. <laughs> no, I actually think that was. <laughs> all right, well, you two girls have made us all proud. So that's why we're called Team Hope. And I'm going to call on someone else, but you guys did a nice job. You should be proud of yourselves.
right now I'm here with Ulysses, and Ulysses is a teen activist studying bipolar um, illness. And uh, I'll let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit more about his topic. Hi, Ulysses. Um, hi, my name is Ulysses, and uh, I'm apparently I'm mispronouncing it. Sorry. <laughs> nice, polite correction. Um, and uh, um, I'm doing bipolar disorder. My topic is on bipolar disorder, and. I'm researching about it and what made you want to do that? I'm, I wanted to research this because my sister's bipolar so I wanted to learn more about it to kind of understand her side and kind of that. And did you learn something that you didn't know before? Yeah, a lot of stuff. Like tell me. Like I learned how like how she behaves and I learned how to deal with it because she um, it's different how she behaves from a normal person and how it could deal with it without being angry or knowing that it's not her fault and it's yeah. that she has an illness. So that's really an important thing. What about you and when you're, um, when you're dealing with the challenges of your sister and her illness, how do you, um, after this research, how do you feel in terms of the impact on you? Um, I feel like um, I looked at it in another angle, so I looked, I saw how it affects my sister, and which I came to conclusion how it affects me, and how it changed me over time. De de dealing with all this stuff happening in our family. Did it make you feel better or worse through the research? I think um, it made me feel better and worse because it made me feel better because um, I could kind of understand her and uh, it made me be um, less kind of judgmental in terms of people with mental illnesses that I could kind of um, spot different people and not judge and know, basically have an idea of what they're going through. And also it kind of made me feel a little bit more restrained because I didn't, I wasn't as needy as I would be because I felt like my mom had all this stuff going on with my sister, so I decided not to put more stuff because it would be bad for my mom. So do you feel like you were silenced a little bit? Yeah. And now you understand that you kind of need to express yourself? Yeah. Even though I know you feel guilty about it, but it's important that you feel heard. But you were silencing yourself because you didn't want to put more stress on your mom, yeah. which is kind of an amazing thing to do. But so um, you did an amazing job of the research, um, and I think you're going to teach a lot of people some very valuable lessons. Out of all of this, what do you think in terms of writing and research you, did you improve on? I think I mostly improved in doing like complicated... Um, um, complicated writing, kind of using a colon and or using um, uh, using uh, dashes. Oh, yeah, yeah I love dashes. Dashes are the best, right? All right. Well, thank you very much. You did a great job on your research. Thank you. All right. And here I am with Zach. Zach Hi. has done an amazing. Hey, Zach. Hello. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your topic? Well, my topic, um, my topic is about 
the, the internet uh, effects on uh, youth today. Uh, basically what that means is I wanted to study about how the recent advances in, in technology, such as the internet, have, since its popularity of the internet is so large, it has had ripple effects across the teenage population. And uh, it has le led to some changes in behavior. Mm. Like, for example, what do you mean? When you say changes of behavior, what do you mean by that? Uh, studies have been conducted, and it's, there isn't a direct causation between um, these two subjects, but uh, there is a correlation between the rise in popularity of social media and the rise in depression, suicidality, anxiety in adolescents. And um, there, actually is, there actually is lots of research to back it up. Since social media is designed in a way to keep you engaged, and it's designed to be addicting, it's designed to pull you, it's designed to give you what you want, so you keep coming back to it, so they can get more profit out of the ads they deliver. Um, and if this, if your screen time is monitored, it can actually lead to serious mental health risks, such as disrupted sleep, mm -hmm. um, and at, um, low self-esteem, um, there's a lot of Well, uh, yeah, and just those two alone, that yeah. can lead to a lot of uh, mental health issues, right? So it's, a, it's, it's like a young, epidemic. It is an epidemic, and it's, it's hard to figure out how to um, solve it. Um, if kids or and adults don't recognize it as an issue. So what are some of the solutions that um, you can offer your audience right now, like in terms of if you were a parent, what would you do? I'd suggest monitoring your child's internet online activity. Um, a good way to do that is by setting boundaries and uh, regularly talking about what, what the content they view on social media. When I mean boundaries, I mean like maybe only one to two hours of social media a day. And um, by, mo like say, after they're done reviewing social media, you ask, you ask them to talk, you talk about what they saw on social mm -hmm. media. Because often things can be very deceiving online. Mm -hmm. Fake photos and phony photos. Fake photos and fake news are absolutely everywhere. Right. And it can be hard to tell if it's fake or not. So you're really saying to parents they have to be involved, that they can't allow a, a kid to be on their own on social media because they're young. They, they are they're being exposed to a lot of different deceiving and maybe troubling uh, things, too. Is there anything good about social media that you came across? It connects people. Yep. Social media was originally designed as a, it, it, it brought the, the world into an age of communication. Right. It allowed people to send messages to each other with the click of a button. And it revolutionized the world. Uh, companies, since, since it doesn't cost any money to post anything, you're able, you, you, um, since it doesn't cost any money to post anything, companies can advertise their businesses without having to pay a single cent. And this completely changes the, mar the mar marketing. Um, and 
you've probably heard of like a fast your favorite fast food chain having mm-hmm. a Twitter account or heck even Poland Springs has a uh, Twitter uh, Poland Springs really yeah so what you're saying is really very true and it's really good advice for parents um, because I think that's the that's the connection that parents really have to keep an eye on their kids and and, and they it's not that it's not it's tr- it's not about trust it's a really about just protecting a child from the things that they don't know the last thing i want to ask you is what did you learn throughout besides social media like in terms of maybe organization time management um this whole project what what's your biggest takeaway i learned that you can Pretty much, I learned that it's important to look at many different articles because each, while they all speculate on the same topic, they can all hold, hold different snippets of information that can completely change a project. project. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's crucial to, the research is crucial. If you only have one or two sources, your article's not going to be very interesting because mm-hmm. of your limited information. Right. But with all this information, you're able to build on it, make your own connections, and overall make a stronger story. Right. Well, I, I'm pretty impressed. I feel like I'm talking to Dr. Zach right now. And, Dr. Uh, Kendall. Dr. Kendall. All right, Dr. Kendall, I think you did a great job. I can't wait for that big day because I think you're going to have a lot of people in your audience that you could start getting to think about ways to protect their child from social media and one of the one of the websites that I would recommend to all parents and kids is called Common Sense Media. And there's a whole yeah, there's a whole family section on it that gives really good very tangible uh, advice for parents and on how to limit screen time. So there's also this uh, program, it's kinda of like a social social worker thing. It's called Restart. Restart.org, uh, or it's a it's a it's a group okay. that uh, you can visit. It's called Restart, and uh, it it basically deals with people who have gaming disorder or internet addiction. Right. And um, if if your child or anyone that you know is suffering from internet addiction, it would be probably the best thing you can do for them is recommend it to them or sign okay. them up. All right. Well, that's good to know, Zach. And thank you very much. Uh, it was nice talking to you. Thank Bye, you. Zach. Bye. Bye. And we are here now with two uh, teen activists who have done a lot of writing and research about the epidemic of vaping. And they're here to teach you a little bit about it. So I'll let them introduce themselves to you. My name is Darun. My name is Harsha. And then tell us a little bit about your topic. Let's start with Darun. So my topic is vaping, and I'm focusing on the epidemic mostly among teens because the, um, the vaping epidemic uh, targets like teens, and teens are the age group that which vape the most. Ages between 18 and 29 mm-hmm. are the age group which vape the most, and vaping is very dangerous and harmful to your health. Mm-hmm. It can cause diseases like diabetes, uh, lung disease, and uh, more diseases. And I didn't know that. I really didn't. And exactly what is vaping? Let's just go with Hashith. What is vaping? Uh, uh, vaping is, <laughs> well, most people think it's an, a, a, 
alternative of um, smoking, but it's actually not. It's just as harmful as smoking. But what vaping does is it's mostly targeting on teens because most adults are still addicted to smoking and they're not really deciding to switch to vaping. And these young teens in middle schools are vaping in class, in the bathroom, anywhere they're not, not in the eyes of the parents so they can't get in trouble. And why can't they get caught? Because um, these vaping devices look like USBs, which you can... So most, like, high schoolers have... Uh, laptops they use for um, school, so they just plug it into their laptop, so nothing like it looks like it's a USB and they use it for something. And most people in the U.S. don't really use USBs. Yeah. But lately, a lot of high schools have been seeing USBs on um, high schoolers and middle schoolers' laptops, and people didn't really know what it was until they realized there's been a lot of vaping. Mm-hmm. So. And so what, um, when, you, when you did all this writing and this research and all that, did you ever say to yourself, well, I'll never vape after learning this? Yeah, well, yeah. I've heard that people are actually vaping in the middle school yes. in, in Westboro. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you were ever offered, how will you respond? Uh, we would probably, we, on, on our tribal we made, we have this long sheet that talks about, we're going to give them out to adults. Yeah. It talks about how vaping is bad and what teens will say to you about vaping when they vape. Oh, when where'd you get that the handout? Uh, we, uh, we found it on, found Google, it on Google, Google, and uh, the website it came from is um, CanadaHealth.org. Oh, nice. All right, well, in terms of what you learned through this whole process as a writer and as a researcher, what were your big takeaways, starting with Jerome? Um, some of the takeaways I had was... Um, Mostly like the research because I couldn't find any good resources um, to get information. It's hard, right? Because yeah. it's a new epidemic. So I bet you that's the reason why. So you had to keep on searching, right? You had exactly. to have some uh, uh, persistence. So you were persistent because I know your lead changed quite a bit, right? And you were willing to change it, which is impressive. And how about you, Mr. Uh, I agree with Durin. It was really hard to find resources until I found um, Canada Health. And when we interviewed the nurse, she gave us a couple of resources we could That's use. That's right. You did interview the nurse. Yes. That's right. It was very helpful. So tell yeah. me what you learned from that interview. So we found out that um, nicotine is in e-cigarettes, and it's uh, very harmful, and it can get teens addicted. So it can also... Um, her uh, teens' brains, because your brain is not developed until the age of 29, mm -hmm. and vaping and e-cigarettes can actually uh, damage your brain. So it's damaging the brain development when you, when it's not even developed. Oh, wow. So, I didn't know that. So that's really good information and really good facts from Harshith and Darun. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Welcome. All right, good job, guys. And I'm here with two other teen activists. We have Julia and Marley. And Marley, introduce yourself and your topic. Um, I'm Marley, and we're doing plastic pollution in the oceans. And Julia? I'm also doing plastic pollution in the oceans. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what um, you learned from this research in terms of plastic of the ocean. What did you learn? I learned it's a lot bigger problem than like most of us think. Now plastic is really like killing almost like every species of animals. And Julia? I learned that about 18 million tons of plastic go into the oceans every year, which is just 
crazy how that's like so much plastic ending up in our oceans. So did you feel um, overwhelmed by what you learned a little bit, a little depressed? Yeah, I was very shocked with all the information I had. Yeah, and how about you, Julia? Yeah, it was kind of like more powerful than I thought it was. I just thought it was like a topic, but then I realized that it was like really, really important in our world. Right, so when you feel like you're seeing all those images and you reading all of this news about plastic filling our oceans, do you, um, do you start making changes, personal changes? Yes, my dad actually buys plastic water bottles, and like when I started doing this topic, I like didn't really think much about it, but now I'm like concerned, and like I've told him like he can't be doing that anymore. Yeah, oh, that's excellent. That just those small changes, and Julia. Yeah, I have encouraged my mom to like buy herself and my dad like a reusable water bottle, and they have, and it's like better. That's excellent. So, and then in addition to your multimedia books and your research and your writing, and nagging your dad and your mom, you've also created a product where you're going to donate the proceeds to. So tell us about your product, Carly. Okay, our product is a reusable bag, so you don't use plastic bags when you go to the grocery store. And we're going to be donating it to an organization called Four Oceans, um, where you buy a bracelet, and when you buy a bracelet, the two boys remove one pound of plastic from the ocean. I've heard about that organization. So you're donating the proceeds from your recycled yes. bag uh, design, and you're designing those yes. recycled. So tell us about the design. So we want it to be kind of original and like just our own and unique. So tell us a little bit about the design, Marla. Um, so we're putting like we're putting different like marine animals that are being affected by this plastic on the bags, but we don't want to like go overkill on it. So we're just Doing some simple designs. Something simple. All right. Well, um, and have you figured out what the price is yet, or is that something that you're still wrangling with? We're still kind of thinking about it. We don't want it to make it too expensive. Right, right. So I'm sure that that, that math and the yeah, unit exactly. price will come yeah. in handy. Uh, so we are ready to go to our next teen activist. If you could think about one thing that you've improved in terms of writing and research, what would it be? I would definitely say revising my yeah. work. Yes, you did. You were really good about that. I would say definitely revising and a lot of different like word choice. Yes, excellent. You too. You were really good at that. All right. Bye, ladies. Good job. Thank